Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. I am coming to you from a brand new recording location, <laughs> namely my bed. <laughs> I think this is, no, this is definitely an expat cast first. I've, I've never recorded from a bed before. Um, but here I am. I am genuinely running out of furniture, which is a bit problematic because I am still here for like almost two more months. But here we are. <laughs> I think I'll figure a better solution out by next week, probably. And gotta say, editing this week's episode while going through what I'm going through right now is just very, very fitting. A little bit of context on both parts of that equation. My moving update is that part one of the actual physical move is it's underway. So my partner is leaving now-ish for Paraguay and I'm staying back with the cat and I'll join him in a couple weeks. But that means that things are getting very, very real. Things are disappearing from our home <laughs> because we're packing them, to be clear. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm in the throes of it. And my entire brain is just full of minuscule to-dos on like 20 million different topics. Yeah. Um, and today's guest, Austin, had a very similar experience just a couple months ago. Austin is a fellow expat podcaster or perhaps former expat podcaster. She was the host of Expat Hour. Austin was living in the Netherlands with her family, so her husband and four kids. She's from the US. And about a year ago, she stopped doing her podcast because she was starting a new job and with the job and the kids and life. It was just a bit much. And then, you know, we would check in with each other over Instagram now and again, or I'd see her posts. And all of a sudden, she was living in the US again. I really wanted to catch up with Austin and just hear what happened, how it happened, how she managed all of that. I mean, if I think I have it bad with months and months of prep time for a move consisting of two adult humans and one cat, Austin's had it that much more intense because they only had a couple weeks warning. They owned a home. It's her and her husband and their four kids and now a dog. So it's just so much to juggle. It was so fascinating and somehow entertaining to hear about how it all went down. It is just always a delight to hear from her. So I won't hold you from that pleasure any longer. Let's get to the episode. Enjoy. I am Austin Smith. I am originally from El Paso, Texas, currently living in Portland, Oregon. We've been in Portland for two months and one week. Oh my God. <laughs> Brand new. This is so crazy for me because I didn't even know you were in Portland. I knew you were in the US, but I had no idea where. Well, no, I guess I knew it was... I knew it was somewhere on the West Coast time zone because I'm going to I'm going to out you right now. You <laughs> were like, yeah, we can record at 6 a.m. my time. <laughs> Officially the most dedication or the just the most morning person I've ever encountered while 
scheduling. <laughs> no, definitely not a morning person, but I, I still work for a company that's based in Amsterdam. And so I'm used to having my leadership meetings at 5 a.m. actually. Oh so God. I was like, hey, I'll let myself sleep in an hour and 6 a.m. sounds great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna do it this way. I'm going to share what I know of you yes. and then you can start filling in the gaps. Does that sound cool. good? <laughs> that sounds great. Okay, so we met never, unfortunately, never in person, but digitally because you were living in Amsterdam or just outside of Amsterdam in the Netherlands with your family. Mm -hmm. And you started a really great podcast called Expat Hour. And I was a guest. And also, we just would chat about podcasty things now and then and expat things, of course. Actually, I just looked before we were recording. So I was one of the last guests that you shared on the podcast Instagram. I don't, I didn't check when I had you on, but I know it was a while ago. And I know the last update I knew from you is that you guys were buying a home and like really putting down roots in the Netherlands. And then, and then I somehow found out, I guess through Instagram, I found out that you moved to the US. So a whole lot has changed since I last was like remotely up to date on your life. Oh, and you you had shared that you were ending the podcast and starting a job in the Netherlands. So you were going to really focus on that. And all of this wasn't that long ago. Like all of this was like a year ago, I think, that these like updates were coming. So so that's, I know. that's all I've got. <laughs> It's been a bit bonkers. It's like life has other plans, you know? So yeah. I'll catch you up since it basically started when I, when the pandemic hit. So 2020, I was still going strong with the podcast and we did buy a house knowing that we'd probably be in the Netherlands another couple of years and it's just a better deal to buy. So, you know, I'm a runner. And so in, in our little village, there's a beautiful heather surrounded by forest, acres and acres of forest. So I would find those running paths when I was running and there are some houses that like tucked away right next to it. I was like, man, if ever those come for sale, that'd be a perfect place to live. And lo and behold, one came available for sale right as we were like the same day that we were leaving on vacation to Portugal. Oh my gosh. And I said to my husband, like, let's just go see it before we get on the planes. You know, sometimes if you're rushed, you just like, let's do it because you don't have a lot of time to really like hem and haw over the decision. So that's how we bought a house is we were, oh my God. we had limited time to catch our plane. So we saw the house. We were like, we'll take it. We got on the plane. We like negotiated before the flight took off. And then we landed with a counter offer and did what? it all from the airport. <laughs> but so it was a dream to live there because it was just our front yard opened up to this beautiful nature space. And we spent the whole pandemic out there when everything was locked down. That was really a big kind of stress relief. And we all had anxiety, I think, at the first the first like spike of everything. And so that was just a really nice place to be during the pandemic. So that's the story of the house. But um, right around that time, we went on lockdown for the pandemic. And where we were, schools were then online. So that was an unexpected turn. I don't know if you remember, I have four kids. Yeah. And so just trying to help them all do online school. Plus, I think my son was two. So they all had a different system of doing online school. It wasn't like a universal one size fits all. No, no, that would be too easy <laughs> to continue. I know. <laughs> <laughs> then on the side, I had parents calling me like, can you mute your kid's microphone because your two-year-old is screaming? So just like absolute chaos. 
and I'm still trying to do the podcast and it was just so stressful and as you know incredibly time consuming to do and impossible for me to even find a quiet space because my husband was also working for home and had, from home and had overtaken my podcasting office. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I said to myself, like, I'm just going to put this on pause and I'll worry about it later. And then as time went on with the pandemic and kind of like in and out of quarantine and in and out of things being open, I really didn't handle that awesome as like, you know, being home with four kids. It was like a pressure cooker for me to not have like my own space and my own things, you know? And so out of that came, I think I'm ready to go back to corporate office life. You know, I would like periodically check these companies. There's like lots of international companies based in the Netherlands. And so I would periodically check the websites of several. And then one just happened to be like, we need somebody immediately. And this is the job. And it happened to be in my town. What? And so... (laughs) I mean, that's not random. It's a big company. So like, that's, that's why we were even in that town. But yeah, but still like already in the story, there are so many moments where it's like exactly the specific thing in the specific place. I love it. Yeah, just fell into my lap. And so, you know, it wasn't like in my field. It wasn't this super sexy job. But I was like, hey, you know, this is like, pretty ideal that it's in the town. and And it's obviously work from home time. And so I can balance some things. So anyway, Long story short, I got the job and just said, like, I'm going to shift gears and do this now. And so I worked there for 18 months. I was home the entire time. So that was a new experience, too, as the entire world experienced the same thing, which was like learning how to work from home and to have team meetings and projects and presentations over Zoom. It was exactly what I needed at the time a break from the family life and have some adult time and get paid and all of those things. We bought a COVID puppy at the same time. So, (laughs) so that was great. And then as time ticked on, you know, we're always having these conversations in the background of like, so what are we actually doing with our lives? Like, are we, are we doing this? Like, are we raising our family abroad? And when we had moved abroad, we said to ourselves two years and then back home, We didn't really invest in even in like lots of decorations and stuff, which I don't recommend. It didn't really feel like (laughs) home very much until we bought, when we bought the house, um, that was really made it feel like, okay, this is our space. This is our life right now. We're living here. We made it feel like home for us. Felt like we were putting down roots. And then once I got a job, it was like even more solidified. Our life is here right now. Yeah. And so um whereas before when I didn't have uh, I didn't have a job abroad aside from podcasting we felt very mobile, right? So if something happened with my husband's job I was like, yeah, let's go. But once I started putting my own roots down it felt a little bit less free because it's like, well, we have to consider my job also and what does it mean for me to move abroad and how does it right. impact my life, you know? We were just having these conversations all the time over morning coffee like how are you feeling today? Like, should we stay? Do you want to do you want to go somewhere else? Or should we move back home? And we just kind of went back and forth for a good, I would say two years, like during that whole pandemic time. Um, and different, different, like periods of time where we we're like, okay, here's the plan, we're going to move home or okay, here's the plan. We're going to hunker down and put our kids in Dutch school kind of thing. During this whole time, I thought it would be really worth it to just act as if 
were there. And so uh, we, we heavily leaned into the language. Our kids were in Dutch lessons the whole time we were there. We started taking lessons with their Dutch teacher and started making plans to like get residency in the Netherlands. Somewhere along the way, we, I can't remember what the trigger was. I don't know if we had a health scare with one of our parents or something happened to make us feel like maybe it would be a good time to move home summer 2022. So in order for that to happen with my husband's company, there's no clear path. Like, thanks for your service. And now you're being transferred with a promotion. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, you can you can try to get a job over there. Good luck to you. So he wasn't in the Netherlands on like a temporary contract. Correct. Yeah, it was okay. called a foreign local hire. Okay. And that's becoming more and more common. I hear that phrase more and more. They kind of it's kind of like they help you out a little bit at the beginning and then you're treated like a Dutch citizen after a few years. That also changes the whole conversation about like do we stay or do we go because then you're not you're not on anyone else's timeline, I guess. You're kind of just on your own to decide that. Yeah, exactly. And I guess another I left this out another big factor in the decision is as a foreign local hire you get a bit of a tax break while you adjust to like a new country and it lasts for five years. So that I forgot that was a really actually a big trigger for us is that our taxes would suddenly increase dramatically. We were kind of crunching the numbers, like what would this feel like? What would this mean? And it's very tempting to like look backwards and be like, well, if we didn't have this, our salaries would be X and our taxes would be X. And it's like, it's actually, it's a massive difference. So yeah. then we're having this conversation like, okay, but money's not everything. And we have to take the lifestyle into consideration and the safety into consideration and schools and the experience we're having that you can't put a price on. So that's why it became a really difficult conversation. But we finally decided, let's try to move home. And so my husband started interviewing for jobs and like really making a valiant effort to be transferred back. And it was extremely difficult. They got super close several times and then it would get cut off at the last minute. So we were getting really deflated. And so we finally got to the point where we were like, okay, well, we're good. Like, we'll just embrace this. Like we tried, it didn't work. We weren't super committed to that decision anyway. So fate <laughs> has decided for us and we are going to live in the Netherlands and raise our family in the Netherlands. And I think that's so funny. I always make this comparison to dating. Yes, I don't know yeah. if you went through this, but like <laughs> when you really want a boyfriend, like it doesn't happen. And then when you're like, you know what, I'm going to embrace being single and this is great. Like single woman life. I love it. <laughs> that's when you meet the boyfriend. You're like, well, that wasn't the timing I was looking for. <laughs> so um, that's exactly what happened to us. And in fact, my husband was interviewing for a company in Paris and it got to the final, final round where they were discussing um, salary negotiations even. Our plan was I was going to stay in the Netherlands with the kids. We see this a ton also in expat life. And he would go to Paris Monday through Thursday and then uh, come home for the weekends. And I was not about to move to Paris. I love Paris, but I feel like to visit would be great. And, you know, we'd already settled our lives so much that I didn't really want to do another expat move. But the tricky thing was I, we have visas based on my husband's employment. So if he left, if he gets employed elsewhere, then we can't stay unless we're Dutch, uh, have like Dutch residency. So I started studying with my teacher to take the residency test. How long had you guys been in, in the Netherlands? Five years. We were on vacation. Again, big things happen on vacation. We were in Switzerland. <laughs> and out of the blue, 
a call comes through for my husband that's like, hey, we have this opening back home in Portland and do you want it? It's like no interviews required. Dude, that's also like dating, right? Like you go through all of this, like trying and being like, the first date wasn't great, but like, let's keep trying. Maybe it'll become something. And I don't know. And, <laughs> and then you all of a sudden you just meet someone and and it, no further questions, everything falls into place. <laughs> yeah. So, but at that point, it's like the stars just aligned, you know, it just felt really right to us. And we decided to go for it. And it was a really exciting job, really good offer for him. And oh my gosh, I left so much out. Okay. <laughs> also in the background, maybe nine or 10 months ago, started going back to work and I was liking what I was doing, but I was feeling this like skills gap a bit. And I was like, I really just want to sharpen my business acumen and get out of this. Like I'd been home with babies for so long and I'd been podcasting, but I hadn't been like, you know, using business jargon. So I felt this strong pull to sharpen my skills. And I was like, maybe there's a program that I can do abroad, like a, a master's. And so I found a program, a dream program at Northwestern based in Chicago, but they had an online option. And I was like, great, this is not some like non-accredited school, but it's like a reputable university. But I will let you in on a little secret of, this is like a little peek into my life. Every year I have a theme or a phrase for my life. And I don't know when I started doing it, but it just kind of happens organically. And then I'm like, that's it. That's for this year. And for 2022, this (laughs) is embarrassing. The theme was F it. (laughs) because I was so over everything. We we all were. And so that was my theme for 2022. And it was my theme for applying to the program. I just thought, (laughs) if I don't make it, I don't make it. Like, F it. Let's try it. Like, you can't make the decision over something you never even tried. So let's just see. Again, on vacation, I got the, the email that I was accepted. So anyway, so then this job comes about. So I was thinking like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this because it's based in Chicago, which is a seven hour time difference. So I was like calculating when I would have to be online and it was two to 4am. Oh my gosh. So I was like, okay. Um, it's not ideal, but I think I can make it happen. You, know, <laughs> you are such a go-getter. That's amazing. <laughs> I really wanted to do the program. So that was a huge factor when this job opportunity came about also. I was like, well, you know, I'm then going to be in the U.S. (laughs) in a U.S.-based time zone. I won't have to be doing school at 2 to 4 a.m. So that was a big factor. So we decided to do it. Also, I left out. I decided to leave that corporate job after 18 months. Started working for a company based in an expat business based in the Netherlands that does higher education consulting. So they help expat teens all over the world with their college applications, um, where to go, how to get in, help them through the whole application process. I had been doing their social media for a couple of years. And so the opportunity came about for me to do all of their marketing. And so that also was a no brainer for me. It's a women owned and run company. Everybody's got kids. So it's also extremely flexible. So then I had to have that conversation with my boss, like, what do you think about me not being in the Netherlands? You know, this makes it really tricky. And she was like, sounds amazing. Sounds like you work for the right company that's really flexible. And <laughs> I was like, amazing. So the stars just kind of all aligned for all of us. I, I could figure out how to do my stuff, my job, my school, 
my husband had this great opportunity. And then we were just faced with like, well, what about the kids? What are we going to do about the kids? <laughs> and the dog. My, and the dog, yeah. So like by this point, I had a 13-year-old son, a 12-year-old son, a nine-year-old daughter, and a five-year-old son. So I wasn't too worried about the younger two because you're still so resilient when you're little. But I was worried about especially my oldest who had completely integrated, was fluent in Dutch and was part of this soccer team over there that was fully Dutch, was doing well in international school, had a great group of friends. I just thought, oh my gosh, like, what's this going to be like for him? Is his life going to be horrible over there? Lame American middle school. I was really worried about it. I'm trying to find a better way to phrase this question because what I was about to say is, did you guys factor them in? Obviously you did, but like, did you did you ask their opinions about these things or was it more like, we're going to figure it out as the adults and then like figure out how to make it work for them? We did ask their opinions when we were like going back and forth all the time. We were asking the kids, what would you think about moving to the States? And mm-hmm. they were always like, no, don't make me do that. <laughs> And so they were like, okay, but then as time went on, we started seeing they were a bit more open-minded to it. You know, they were like, oh yeah, grandma's there. An interesting switch happened with my oldest. He was always so vocal, like, I'm not going, I'm going to move in with a friend. If you go back, I'm not going to go. He even made a PowerPoint presentation about why the Netherlands is better than the US (laughs) and presented it to us. That's amazing. Yeah. I was like, okay, man, this is going to be hard. But as as time went on during that conversation over a couple of years, I could see that he was a bit more open-minded to it. And I think it was coming from media, like movies and social media, seeing teenagers in the States, and he was intrigued by it. And so I was like, okay, this, maybe this was a good in. And so, and it was like, we presented it to him and he was like, yeah, I think it would be okay. With the oldest approval, we were like, we're going to do this. And then uh, the kid, the other kids started getting more and more excited as we started playing up the exciting things about the U.S. This this makes me laugh so hard. My oldest two were like, oh, my gosh, do you think we'll be able to ride one of those yellow school buses? <laughs> like it was this cool feature for them. And I was like, yeah, probably, buddy, but it's not like it's not what you're thinking. It's just a bus. It's not cool over there. But it's like that that's what they had seen on TV, right? So they were like, that's so cool. That's what American kids do. So anyway, the timing didn't work out. It wasn't it wasn't in the summer, the beginning of the summer like we wanted. It ended up being start date October 1st, which is after school started. And we found out that we were gonna move the end of August. So we had an incredibly tight turnaround. Wow. Um, we were trying to scramble to be there by the 1st of October. So that was really, really, really sucky. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. recommend that tight of a turnaround. We were trying to like fit in goodbye parties and our last blank, you know, yeah, like yeah, every exactly. single day. Let's do our last night out with this person or our last trip to Amsterdam or our last whatever. And you'd also like you'd gone through this whole phase of really just leaning into like we're doing it here. So you had a house, you had a life, you know, you'd really invested. You had decorations, it sounds like. (laughs) Totally. We'd bought all the appliances with the European plugs. I mean, we were in. (laughs) So that was really stressful. We just really got into like move it mode. And we luckily sold our house very quickly. And I got some really valuable pieces of advice from many people 
that I took and I'm so glad I took it. So I'll share those. Yes, please. please. One was make sure that you allow your kids to have adequate closure experiences. And so there's this massive temptation to be like, okay, last day of school, bye. And we didn't do that. We, we were so exhausted. We let our kids just do like sleepovers and play dates. We made a really big effort to do really fun things with their friends so that they could have good memories. And then we let them each, all four kids, have goodbye parties, which almost killed me. <laughs> it was so much to plan. I mean, the last probably three weeks of our time there, my husband and I would wake up every morning and look at each other like, it's time to dig deep. <laughs> we were yeah. so exhausted. Not very much sleep at all every night. Every single day till we moved was like packed with something, whether it was moving based or social activities, because we were trying to, to make a good transition for our kids. But looking back on it, I'm so, so grateful that I made the effort because they have transitioned incredibly smoothly. And I think it's because they had th those last memories and the goodbyes and the closure over there. So there wasn't a whole lot of crying or sadness on this end. So that was a good one. And the same advice for us as well to have a, a goodbye party. And that's something I didn't do in the States when we left because I was so overwhelmed. It ended up being pretty uh, sad, for not only for me, but I think for all the people here who wanted to say goodbye, who didn't get a chance to. So we made the effort over in the Netherlands also to do a goodbye party. And we had it the night before we got on the plane to leave. Wow. But that was the only opening in our schedule. I'm really, really glad we did that. We just had like a super fun night, not a whole lot of tears, just like fun with our friends. And then uh, we cried the next day when we were in the airport and on the plane. <laughs> you got like a 10-hour flight to cry on. It's good. <laughs> but I had a friend who gave me really great advice. She said, make sure you take pictures of everything that you like or anything that's unique um, because I wish I'd taken more pictures. So she told me that maybe like three weeks before I left. So I did. You know, I'd be on my bike just going to the grocery store and passing something that I always looked at. So I would stop and take a picture. Or one night I was going home after an event and I drove past this church and the church bells were ringing. So I got off my bike and took a video, you know, so I could hear the church bells and I knew exactly where I was and like just stuff like that, that really sentimental stuff. I thought that was the best advice ever because I left with just my phone filled with pictures of nothing even that special, but just our life abroad. And those are really beautiful memories to have. Yeah, because it's all that like everyday stuff that you don't even think about. Like it sounds maybe ridiculous to say that you don't even notice the church bells at some point, but but you don't. Like you're just doing your errands, you know? Yeah. And I think you sort of get used to your surroundings and you're not you're not always in awe of like, oh my gosh, I'm in Europe and look at this architecture because you just see it every day and at some point it's normal to you. So so yeah, that helped me take a step back and, and have those moments where I'm like, wow, this is actually really unique and really beautiful and stuff like that. So at my goodbye party, I had a friend also who's an experienced expat pull me aside and she said, I know you don't like to be super public about your life. And so you just need to lean into it because you have a lot of people over here who want to experience your new life in America. And that's just really funny because I was I was really open with my life when I was doing the podcast. But then 
I don't know, you just get busy or kind of burned out with social media or something. But I, I post once every several months, you know. So I'm glad she told me that specifically because I've been making a bigger effort to share just my life over here. And it really does help friends back home to feel connected and to see, to know that they're still going to be a part of my life. So that's good advice too. So yeah, so mid-October, we jumped on a plane and we we flew home. And that was a very emotional day for us, you know, I think also coupled with the exhaustion of the past several weeks trying to get everything done and living temporarily in a hotel. And I don't know, you're probably in this spot right now, but making the decisions of like, okay, what do we want to have in our suitcase versus what do we want to have in two or three months? And then having to live out of your suitcase while you're waiting to move. That's always a hard a hard organization to do and things yeah. fall through the cracks. And then there's also stuff that you just don't even think about. And then all of a sudden you're holding it in your hand and you're like, oh my God, should I have shipped this? Or like, yes. I, what do I do with this thing? Yes. Or like, I should have kept this out. I forgot I need it. You know, there's, yeah. there's always casualties too. Or it's like you, you right. lose stuff that you probably needed. I shipped all of my jackets other than my heaviest jacket because I was like, okay, I'm shipping this in December, early December, and I'm yeah. moving early March to a, to a country where it will be summer, but when I get there. So I don't need any Ugh. other coats other than my winter coat. The temperature raised to like 50 something, 60 something degrees today. And I'm like, well, I am fully unprepared for this. I literally do not have a coat. Like, what do I do? Oh, <laughs> this kind man. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a great example. The first morning was just so emotional waking up and I took a picture of the sunrise and uh, it made me really emotional. Just like our last sunrise in the Netherlands. I'm getting choked up now as I tell you that. We got in the van and just drove and it was just like, you know, trying to remember everything, like remember this, take a mental picture of what this looks like. And then uh, getting to the airport and we had 15 bags uh, to check. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then we each had a carry on. So that is 21 bags. And um, it was absolute <laughs> chaos trying to get that through the airport and keep the kids in line. It was just, oh, but once everything was checked and the dust settled and then we had what, three hours to wait for our flight. We just got food and we sat down and like, my husband and I couldn't stop crying. We just, Aww. it was just like a beautiful, you know, we were just reflecting on a beautiful experience. Like that was, yeah. that was amazing. We got to do that. We're going to miss this country that we love so much. Just good, uh, happy memories. In some ways, it's almost a blessing that you're so busy with the moving stuff because like really feeling this the giantness of what that kind of a move is for weeks on end, it's just not sustainable. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I remember thinking that like, I, I'm glad this wasn't six months actually, because that'd be pretty brutal to, to be going through the emotions for that long. So anyway, it's been, I mean, I will say this, being on this side of it, is a piece of cake compared to moving to a foreign country. Come and really? you know, like I've listened to many repat uh, episodes of podcasts. Many people have said it's the hardest move that you do is moving home. So maybe that's why, because I was mentally prepared. I went into it knowing that I wasn't going back to my old life, that I was going to have to adjust. But I will just say it's it's like leaps and bounds easier than moving to a foreign country, right? Because everybody speaks English, at least it's familiar. I know how to get a driver's license. I can read everything that comes in the mail. I know how to do all the administrative work, even though it's a huge pain in the butt. 
but it's in English and customer yeah. service is great. And, <laughs> you know, so. Did you guys have any Portland connection before the Yeah, yeah. There? That's where we lived before. So oh, it was amazing. coming back okay. to our same city and, you know, we still have several friends here. So it's been all in all like a very smooth transition. The kids luckily have really all done really well. The kids in their classes have been really nice. They've made friends quickly. Teachers have really made special efforts to help them transition well. I was um, worried about my daughter. She's a little bit shy. And so I was super worried about that. But she landed randomly into a class where the teacher had been teaching at an international school for years and knew her curriculum. So just really helped her transition super well. And I think I have had the hardest transition out of the family. And I think that's a familiar story is the, you know, the, the quote trailing spouse or the trailing partner usually has the hardest time adjusting because you kind of move home with like, now what? Whereas like everyone else kind of, you know, goes to work or goes to school. And so for me, it's been a bit rough. You know, I don't have work here where I'm like going into work every day, making friends and meeting people. My work is virtual back in the Netherlands and I miss those people. It just feels a bit isolating at times, but I also have met really wonderful people. I'm slowly making friends. I'm reconnecting with old friends. So yeah, it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster in that way. Like some days I feel really positive and other days I'm like a bit lonely or sad. But all in all, it's been extremely positive to be back home. You can probably relate to this being an American, but I had lots of reservations in making this decision about moving to America, especially being abroad and just seeing the news that you see. And it's, of course, only the most extreme news. And so um, I had a pretty negative view of the States, thought it was a, a dying country and a mess and super dangerous. And why would you ever take your kids there? So I was, I was a bit trepidatious. Is that a word? I was, I was a bit nervous about it, hesitant about it. And, um, you know, I, and was surprised pleasantly that it's, it's been good. I do feel safe. Uh, You know, I have my moments, of course, where you kind of look over your shoulder, but it's nothing like I thought it would be. The healthcare has been really great, although super expensive. We're back to weighing the the copay versus how sick are you? Yeah. But once you go <laughs> once you go in, I feel like the healthcare is very very good. That's something that is a relief to me to to have not have the language barrier there and to feel well cared for. So I'm pleasantly surprised. I also was really hesitant. Like, kind of had a a bad view of Americans. You know, like they're selfish. Yeah. They're closed minded. They're superficial. Of course, there's a lot of that, but there's, you know, also a ton of people who are not like that. And so that's been really, really nice to see. Well, and you moved at exactly the right time, too, because the fall in the U.S. is incredible. You have Halloween followed by Thanksgiving, followed by Christmas. So, I mean, well done on that (laughs) front. I feel like January, I will definitely understand if you hit like a difficult point in January just because the excitement's over and like real life starts settling in. And it's also middle of winter and it's super depressing anyway. Yes, (laughs) But I mean, I think that probably is also a huge benefit that like you've had so much 
to enjoy. And yes. like so many moments where I bet it's so great that your family, your friends are just right there. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. That's exactly right. Because the kids hadn't had an American um, Halloween for five years. It blew their minds. It blew their minds. Houses go all out with the decorations. There's like 20 foot skeletons in people's yards. It's like a running joke in our family that every day I say, welcome to America for better or for worse. So something's really crappy. I'm like, well, welcome to America. And if it's amazing, I'm like, welcome to America. Now it's like a goal to say it every day for 365 days, like our first year in the States. I think I've missed a couple of days, but I say that phrase all the time. So that was a big welcome to America day, Halloween. And then you're right, Thanksgiving. And then of course, like Christmas, you know, they're not used to what it's like here during those holidays. So yeah, we're definitely riding that wave. It's time to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is Zach, Zach, Zach. It's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What was the food that you guys were like, as soon as we're here, as soon as we're somewhat settled, we're going straight to this kind of cuisine or this restaurant? That's so funny. It's snack foods. It's goldfish for the kids. And it's like trail mix and crackers and stuff for me. So lame. But that's no, what it is. but I, I've never heard someone say trail mix before to any kind of food question. But that's what I import whenever I come back to Germany. I fill my suitcase with Trader Joe's trail mix because See? Europeans just don't do it as good there. I mean, they're I probably know. healthier here, but who cares? Like it's, it's not as fun food. and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now the opposite question: Now that you've been away from the Netherlands a couple months, what is like the grocery item or the food or whatever that you're like? oh man, it's harder than I thought to go without X. That's funny. Um, The kids really miss Hagelslach, which is chocolate sprinkles that go on toast in the morning. So it tastes like the frosting on a donut, but in sprinkle form. So they had that (laughs) literally every day. I was like, when in Rome, you know, go for it. So (laughs) they usually would toast a piece of toast, put butter on it, and then the the chocolate sprinkles. So they definitely are going through withdrawals there. (laughs) And finally, this episode's going to come out in 2023, although we're recording at the end of 2022. But what is one thing that you hope to do or experience in the new year? What I'm hoping for 2023 is a season of growth uh, for all of us. And that's how I see it. We are like babies in this new environment. And I just want to see everybody grow in some way and thrive in some way. I think we're all very open-minded to that and familiar with that sentiment, having lived abroad. And um, I'm excited to see how we will grow back home in the States. Wonderful. I, I can't tell you how enough how, how fun it's been to hear about everything. And it it's funny because it seemed like a whirlwind from like whatever I kind of kind of caught wind of. And it sounds like it was a whirlwind. So <laughs> but a wonderful one and full of like delightful twists and turns. And I'm just really happy for, for you and your family. I'm so glad that we got to hear about it. Where can people find you or maybe even I, I think you said expat hour is still accessible. Is that true? Yeah, check out expat hour on Instagram. That's still live. And I and I pop on there every now and then and give little updates. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm so glad you reached out. It was amazing to catch up. Thank you again to Austin for coming on to the show and updating us on your very exciting life. 
I and we being the expat cast community, if I can speak for everyone, wish you all a very, very good year of growth. I'll link to Austin's Instagram that she mentioned in the show notes, as well as her previous appearance on the expat cast where we talked about being an introvert abroad. If you're not already, you can follow me on Instagram at the expat cast. You can visit me online at theexpatcast.com. As always, I want to thank Amy Lungi Art for the logo and Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back with a very special guest, someone I can't believe I got to interview. I'll be sharing my interview with Kendall Long. Till then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. Fist on. Cheers.